0: Horns Up Metalheads, what you're about to hear is a rebroadcast of the October 30th live stream with De Gregorio. Check out De Gregorio on dgregorio.bandcamp.com. Use the code radioactive metal to save 10% through November 6th. And again, just a little bit of a heads up the interviews here are full, but we did reduce the amount of the songs um, just to kind of give you a taste and also contain time here. So, uh, check out DiGregorio Gregorio, And of course, don't forget to support the show and support our wonderful sponsor, True Cold Coffee.
1: Welcome to Radioactive Metal.
0: Horns Up Metalheads, this is Aaron with the Radioactive Metal Podcast. Hopefully the snowman is going to join us a little bit later, but tonight we are doing our first ever live stream. We're super excited about this. It's been a year of first for us. 2020 has been a strange, strange time. The month of October is literally like we're living in a horror movie right now because we started with a full moon, we're ending with a full moon. There's a news story about bodies being composted in a warehouse in Oregon somewhere. I think it's Oregon, somewhere like that. Bodies filling a warehouse. That screams sci-fi. So that's what's going on. That's where we're at. But tonight, live in the studio, I have Sue DeCree with us. Sue, how you doing? I am doing well, Aaron. How
2: are you? I'm doing good. That was a big delay. I'm like, huh, I wonder if she's still there. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I'm here, I've got friends here, I've got wine, I'm not responsible.
0: I'm so glad you have wine, because I am um, kicking back a beer, because that's what we do here on Radioactive Metal. So Horns Up Metalheads, go get yourselves a beer, or whatever your choice of drink is, even if it's water, get a glass, because we are going to sit back and listen to um, the House of Gregory debut album here, well, sorry, House of Gregory is the album, De Gregorio's debut album. And for anyone who's interested, go to degregorio.bandcamp.com. You can find the album there. And if you're interested in purchasing it tonight, you can um, actually get 10% off by using the code radioactive. Oh, and, and, wait. What? and wait, there's more. Oh, and there's more? Tell me what's and more. And there's more.
2: Uh, we have actually, I've actually talked to one of my friends and mentors. Uh, Emily from Mike Pittsburgh, M I C P G H dot com. And we are actually going to be putting up our uh, plaques. We have actually little what we call shiplaps, as if you would have taken a piece of the House of Gregory out. And we are actually going to be putting those on Bandcamp uh, either this evening or tomorrow as well. So that 10% is good Rock on, on, on those as well.
0: That's so cool. Cool. All right. So. Um, I don't know about you, but I say without further ado, let's get into the opening track. You know me. Um, anything you'd like to say to kind of kick this track off, there, Sue? Oh my! I don't. You
2: know this song is. Uh, this song is just such a uh, a part of me. Um, I actually wrote this. One of my cousins, uh, older cousins, uh, had died several years ago and uh, she actually showed up at my apartment and while i'm like looking at this ghost in the middle of my apartment i'm like who are you and she's just like you know me it's okay you know me so that's actually where i got this song from it was actually a real live ghost experience
0: what a way to kick off um on the eve of halloween here that's 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 quite a kickoff so without further ado ladies and gentlemen You know me. was mystery and mayhem track two from house of gregory chapter one um sue are you back i am back i was hoping because i realized i forgot to text you and be like hey we're gonna be back in a couple seconds
2: hey because, you know i you was earlier? actually
0: paying attention for could, you know because as i said earlier this is our first live stream and while we have you know practice and done all sorts of prep um you know the best laid plans of mice and men right so are usually about equal yeah, we're, we're checking it all out here. So um, I have to tell you, Sue, Mystery and Mayhem is my absolute favorite song on this album. I, it, I think it was Dust in the Attic for a while. But mm-hmm. this one, I just love. And I think it's those sci-fi keyboard-y kind of lines that you have going on in there.
2: So funny thing about the keyboard lines, I had all of my keyboard lines written. and But I needed somebody that could play just a little bit better than I can play keyboards. So I sent them to Bob Horwat, who immediately deleted all of my keyboard lines and did ah. his
0: own. I gotta say, I love him. I, I love him. And I was excited that this song is also an instrumental on the uh, on the Bandcamp version of the album. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yes, it was. It was. Uh, it, this actually, this song is actually a lot of fun to play. This song is a lot of fun to play. There are. There, when we were sitting in the studio, there was just so much going on. I think there were 12 different keyboard lines and like four or five different guitar lines. And we were sitting there sweating, trying to get them to, because we didn't want to leave anything out because they were just all so good. Oh, yeah. Poor Andrew. Poor Andrew over at Fire K. I, I think the guy is probably in therapy because of me right now.
0: <laughs> well, I know I have been in therapy because of you for years, but that's a whole different story.
2: Well, yeah, and uh, it's probably also my fault that uh, you're in therapy, but, you know, again.
0: You know, it's it's kind of been, been the occupational hazard, I think, sometimes of knowing you, but... It, it is. Um, it truly is. I digress. So you and I have known each other, man, since somewhere in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, it's crazy to think that we're going on 30 years. Um, oh, I think it's longer than that, isn't it? Isn't it more I, like... I think- uh, 92. Well, like it was
2: there was 92, 91 or 92 or 93, yeah. 92. Yeah, okay, so, it was 92 because I had lost my first hundred pounds between 92 and 93. Okay, and that's when
0: we went to the Nam show. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah, was it Nam? Nam 93? I don't know why I thought that was 94. It was Nam 90. It was
2: it was 93 or 94, and we uh, we camped at the edge of town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in uh, old musty tents. That was fun, and then we had to be up and fresh and and at the uh, the Nam show.
0: You know, growing up in the middle of nowhere where I did, um, because I mean, we like, where you were you lived? You know, in our in our hometown is much more developed than mm-hmm. where I lived. Like I was like literally out in farm country, and so I spent so many nights in a tent anyway, just because I could, right? And a boy scout and all this sort of stuff. So for me, I'm just like, okay. Like where, wherever we had to go, like I know how to do this. We're good, you know. Whereas I prefer indoor plumbing. I I was okay with it, man. I mean, it was Tennessee in the summertime. It was it was really gorgeous. I mean, I don't think we could ask for for a better time of year. I mean, thankfully we really didn't have any rain when we were there we, either. We
2: did not. Actually, the weather was actually really good that weekend. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was it was actually really, really fun. And it was a, both of our first time at, at any kind of a, a music convention that big. And that was just so much fun.
0: So yeah. much fun. All right. So I got to ask, as I, as I went through this album again today and I'm listening to the themes and all that sort of stuff. And I have to point out that one of the things that I really, really love about this is that if our listeners go to D Gregorio music.com, um, you can actually find the story for this album. Yes. Right. Yes. And yes. Yes. I, or I as- love like, like As just, I like to refer to it, heavy metal Scooby-Doo. Uh, so uh, we could call it that. I mean, like, I just, I, I feel like there's there's so much art that goes into music, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's there's so much, I mean, like when you write lyrics, you're trying to tell some sort of a story a lot of times in shorthand. And I just love the fact that you have a story that accompanies it, the lyrics on on the other side, and it just really gives you something more. You know, like I, as, as a music fan in general, like I love when bands do this kind of thing. And so I'm like, I'm just totally geeking out here. But as I've been reviewing all this, like the thing I got to ask is, so were you a D&D girl growing up? Like, were, did you play Dungeons and Dragons? I, I did. I, I was the renegade in the family. So, so my family,
2: as, as you know, we're all very, very pragmatic, practical, earthbound people. And then there was me. <laughs> I, I am, not that I don't get along with my family, but I'm the black sheep of my family in just so many ways. I'm the artistic one. I'm the one that went chasing after fairies and unicorns and dungeons and played Dungeons and Dragons. And we actually used to have a group we met, uh, I think, once a week, and we did all kinds of role-playing games. We were doing the Marvel games when they first came out way back when when dinosaurs ruled the earth we did uh dungeons and dragons we did all of those games way back when
0: I, and so I, and i was wondering because the just the alliteration as you write like the story that you paint i'm like i just i wonder if there's like like a lot of like fantasy well, i actually it's like, I was started that writing stuff. oh hang on well, i'm sorry i totally missed that what was that
2: I actually started writing. Uh, My dad, I don't know if you knew this, but my dad is actually an accomplished writer. My dad is actually actually an English major and he's a highly accomplished writer. And and he actually, he's done technical writing, he's done grant writing, and he's actually done some fiction writing and some storytelling kind of writing. Um, And he is actually a very accomplished writer. So actually kind of runs in the family. I started writing short stories and uh, plays and things like that when I was six, seven, eight, nine.
0: Wow. Okay. So, so you've just really had this creative thing going for a long, long time. Yes. And just, yes, just I trying have. to get it out in different ways. Mm-hmm. And like I've started to say, like I really I recognize the, the fantasy portion of it because I I love that stuff as a kid. But again, mm-hmm. like it's not like we we grew up that far apart, but we were two two different school districts and you've seen where I grew up. There's nobody there, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Like it was, it was me and horses and cows. Like that was it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, it, it was something where I wanted to do all these things. I wanted to try D and D cause my friends were trying it and all this sort of stuff, but I never got to. So like mm-hmm. now I'm finally trying to get into magic the gathering with my own children. Right. So I see how that goes. <clears throat> cause I'm trying to also encourage their creativity and that sort of stuff. All right, so um, just looking at the chat here, thank you everybody who's been joining and for the chats that you're putting in there. Um, If you guys have questions for Sue, like I said in the chat, go ahead and put them in the chat. We'll get to stuff um, like in between songs, all that sort of thing here. I see that um, Lady Catherine joined us. So Kat, shout out. How's it going? Um, Kat actually mixed a song for me and Mm -hmm. I met Kat because of Sue.
2: Well, actually, Cat mixed the song for Cat mixed and mastered uh, the pandemic the version of pandemic that is on the Bandcamp site as yeah. well.
0: Well, her her work on that's why I wanted to contact her because I mm-hmm. remember when you sent me that back. I'm like, oh, holy crap! Who mixed this? Like, it, <laughs> I I love that that track. Yeah, I love that track. Yeah, and and I I've, I'm gonna have to say,
3: if you
2: haven't listened to any of Cat Corelli's music, you need to do that. There are very few times in in life where i will say i wish i had written that several of those instances have come listening to some of the stuff that she's written it's incredible it's it's proggy it's it's like prog rock meets metal meets edm meets classical i don't know it's so hard to describe but it's so good it's so good
0: rock on man Rock on. So everybody check out Kat Corelli as well as D Gregorio here. And I'm sure Kat's on Bandcamp. Kat, if you want to drop drop a link in the chat for us, might as well since we're talking about it. Um, but so Sue, you want to get on to another song here? We'll, we'll uh, kick into Not Myself. Uh, Absolutely.
2: So here's the cool thing about Not Myself. One of my uh, singers, Kat uh, Lewandowski, Cat and I were recording scratch tracks in Kat's church uh, I know a lot of cats for some reason. I think Cat is, uh, is in the chat as well. So I know a lot of cats for some really bizarre reason. But Cat um, Lewandowski and I were sitting and we were recording. And months later, months later, uh, I'm listening back and I hear something weird after we record the drums back in July of 17. And I'm, I'm hearing this and, and it's kind of this weird juxtaposition because we just recorded the drums and we ha- I had slapped guitars and other, you know, scratch vocals and things over top of that just so I could get an idea of where the song was. And I kept hearing this thing and I thought it was in the drum track because we had like a dozen people or something. And at the recording, we had like two audio engineers, the producer at the time, the ex-producer was there, the former producer. Uh, We had a couple of my students were there. Uh, My accountant was actually there uh, or my at that point, future accountant was there. Uh, We had a photographer in the studio. Of course, the drummer was there. I was there. We had so many people in the studio. I thought something just bled into the drum mics at some point. And I was listening to the drum tracks, and there's nothing on the drum tracks. And so I start going track by track trying to figure out where this weird thing is. And there's this, on the vocal track that Kat and I recorded in the church, there's this word or the voice or something that, comes in before she starts singing and both of us were like four or five feet away from the microphone at this time and and like there's this voice just right up against the microphone it sounds like it's dropping the f-bomb i i cannot verify or deny um but it it sounds like it's dropping the f-bomb like right up against the mic so we actually caught an evp while we were trying to do uh while we were trying to do scratch vocals for this and we put it in the song because when you're doing a song about a haunted house and you catch an EVP, you put it on this, you put that on the song.
0: Rock on. All right. Well, see, that's a heck of a story. And without further ado, here is Not Myself. dark as night and Sue, I can hand it to you both the end of not myself in dark as night. Like the end is just as exciting as the rest of the song. And I mean, like a lot of times, you know, there's just fade outs. Like how do you end a song? Mm-hmm. And I was listening to this album again today and just not myself and dark as night, both the endings just grabbed me.
2: So one of my criteria for trying to figure out if I like a song is, would I listen to this if it weren't me? <laughs> and, and, and so when I get something that's really boring, I'm like, no, I wouldn't listen to that if I weren't me. <laughs> so I usually end up scrapping those songs. But yeah, I, I do try and make sure that there's an actual ending. And, and, and you know this. I am classically trained. I am jazz trained. Uh, I am somewhat slightly flamenco, OCD. slightly OCD, <laughs> only, only slightly OCD uh, and somewhat flamenco trained. So I've got all of these really great music forms underneath me that I just, there just, there seems to be, there, there just needs to be a wrap up to the song. The song is a story. It has a beginning, it has a middle, it has an end so it needs to end and i don't like fade outs for that reason i always try and end the song
0: yeah i can mean, i kind of say man I, I just i really dig them i really really dig them all right so also some... i was
2: trying to write a song a week so
0: oh, at that's some point, right i remember that challenge when you're doing that that's right man you're cooking some butt on that so I have a question about like the next record, right? So this is chapter one and I know you've already got chapter two essentially written. I believe we just need to start production of it. Yes. Um, I just saw the flamingo train. That's great. Like, like that, could, that, that could be like like um another, that could be for the Swiss mistresses. flamingo. That train. could be
2: for our Swiss mistresses project. Yes. It is really funny because my flamenco teacher did pronounce it flamingo.
0: That's so that's wonderful. actually
2: kind of a that's kind of a weird,
0: weird throwback. Thank you for that, Todd. You've you've uh... <laughs> Oh, that's just a blast. Okay, but uh... anyway, where was I going to say? Oh yeah. So um I, I was curious to know, like I know you assembled a band for this particular project. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna continue with this band or is this gonna be something where you, you know, look at the project, look at what you want to accomplish, and assemble a different group of musicians based on that goal?
2: Well, here's the thing. I have actually spoken to the drummer, the keyboardist already, and the singer already. All three of those are on, all three of them are on board. And I am actually, I have not actually reached out to Nico, who was my bassist on this one. Um, But I'm planning on reaching out to Nico to see if he is uh, available as well, because I think this turned out fantastically.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. When
2: I first heard Jeremy's drum lines against my songs, I was like, ooh, that sure does not
0: sound like Logic Drummer at all. That actually sounds really good. (laughs) And and here's something that I noticed, right? Like, I'm listening to the drums on this, and there are times I'm like, did Sue program this and get really good samples? Because I remember you saying you had a live drummer, but like i've i've been making music with you for a very long time now right uh-huh. and essentially for anyone and i believe you
2: described my drum programming as an octopus falling down a flight of stairs with a drum set
0: <laughs> that's exactly what i was gonna get to right i was gonna say for for anyone who's not familiar with sue before this right her her drum lines were involved to say the least and it really was like there was an octopus behind the cat the kit right and it's like no nobody could pull that off and i'm listening to this stuff i'm like no, this sounds exactly like something you would program, I, like and this and the feel and the vibe is there, man. So that that's man, that's awesome. Hats off.
2: So so the only and I think we're gonna since we're doing two songs, the next two songs should be Dust in the Attic and Writing on the Wall. So on Writing on the Wall, Jeremy Pe- Jeremy Papai, our, our illustrious and very talented drummer, actually did kind of a drum battle with himself in the studio. So we had him record one set of drums, uh, focusing on toms and kicks and and the lows, on the lows. And then we had him record another set of drums throughout the whole song, uh, focusing on the snares and 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 the cymbals and the highs. And we actually kind of mixed those two together. So he did actually drum battle himself on writing on the wall.
0: That's pretty cool. So I can't wait to get to that here. So, How about our next track, Dust in the Attic? Why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about it? So Dust in
2: the Attic is actually one of the completely fictional, mostly fictional songs. Um, As you are aware, a lot of what I wrote on House of Gregory is actually derived from personal experience. Um, Dust in the Attic is mostly fictional, although i have had the occasional uh former relative or deceased relative show up and say oh hey you need to look for this thing over there and then you'd wake up and you'd find it um so i have had that happen a few times but that's basically where we're at in the story kind of everybody shows up at the at the uh haunted mansion and uh you know they're getting little little tidbits of how to put the mystery together so um There there is kind of a protagonist in the story for for anyone who hasn't read it yet. And that is kind of analogous to my great-grandmother. My great-grandmother has shown up on rare occasions, but when she does, she's quick, to the point, very poignant. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to look for. I am out of here. And uh, so this is kind of based on my great grandma. The the ghostly protagonist is based on my great-grandmother who shows up, gives you just the information you need, and then disappears.
0: Sounds like your great-grandmother and you are a lot alike.
2: (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah, that's the German part of the family.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's very German. This is what you need.
2: This is what you are going to do. I am leaving. Goodbye. (laughs)
0: My goodness, like, I, 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 love like talking about like the old German relatives. Like my um, this is my my grandfather on my mom's side. His mother was was German and like off the boat German, right? And she was. I, I think my mom told me she was like five foot, maybe possibly four eleven, but she kept all these men that were way taller than her in line. She'd just be the like, ID be boss, and she'd be like shaking her her wooden spoon at them. ID boss, you know. Okay.
2: So that's totally off talking. The other side of the family, on the Italian side of the family, um, my Aunt Caroline was actually married to a, going to take a bit of a dark turn here for a minute, but she was actually married to a very abusive man. And she waited patiently until all of the children moved out. And then he started his nonsense again and she grabbed the cast iron frying pan and whack right upside the head. My wow. dad and his cousin ended up having to carry m- my great uncle uh, to the hospital in <laughs> there. You know, you grab the head, I'll grab the feet. We're carrying them to the emergency room. Holy so crap. Uh, I have actually a long, my, my German great grandmother was yeah. also a very strong, very strong person. So I have a long line of, thankfully, thankfully, long line of very strong women in the family.
0: Oh, yeah, that, that, that's that's obvious, just from, like, between talking to you and your mom.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: ne- neither one of you take crap from anybody. <laughs> All right, this is true. so. This is true. Without further ado, then, let's hear Dust in the Attic.
3: Never thought about the killer's
0: the wall and I gotta say that guitar groove right it I think it's like four minutes 47 seconds is absolutely sick oh my goodness sue just that that's man that's a groove I really really dig that yes that was
2: that was one of the hardest songs that I've written um, it was um, it was I wrote the song and I don't know how I wrote the song and, th- and I know that sounds weird, but somehow or other I wrote this riff and then I was like, okay, how do I recreate this riff? It was one of those things where I was just like in the groove and this thing came out and I'm like, what the Bleepy, bleep, 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 bleep. Did I just play? And can I play
0: it again? Yeah, man, I oh, I just dig it, I dig it. So, I was I was thinking as I'm listening to this, this is a headphone album, because mm-hmm. like, I I would, like the first few times I listened to it, I have listened to it on speakers, right. And and that's how I listen to everything. Like I I'm not a big headphone guy, and as as I've been listening to it through the headphones tonight as we broadcast, I'm like, oh holy crap. Oh, like I'm catching all kinds of things I didn't catch before. I'm like, oh damn, this is this is some good stuff. And and and, wow. and you know, I'm gonna
2: blame Bob Horwat for that. So Bob is the keyboard player, and I sent this stuff to Bob, and Bob had, Bob is a blues and country guy, so Bob was completely out of his elements on this, and I don't know what inspiration. I think he took the Scooby Doo, the heavy metal Scooby Doo thing, literally, and he just literally ran with it when he called the one day or he messaged me the one day and said, do you mind if I use a theremin on mystery and mayhem? I'm like, I love you. I totally love you. No, I don't mind if you use a
0: theremin. Okay. So that's how he did those sounds. Cause I'm like, man, I I couldn't figure that out. That's awesome. Um, so
2: I actually, I'm actually going to uh, address this in 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 voice rather than trying to text. But cat yeah. um, Corelli, because I have so many cats on the on the on the chat right now. Yeah. But cat uh, Corelli says, please don't drag on the next album. Do it sooner than two years from now. Oh yeah, actually, already working on it. Um, I've actually reached out to the other artists, and uh, we're working on. You know, we're working on it. I'm going to get the singer back on board. Uh, Bob's back on board for keyboards. I haven't talked to Nico yet. I believe Nico has moved to Indiana. So I have to see if he has a way to record and send some tracks that way. Um, And then, um, of course, I talked to Jeremy, and Jeremy's on board. So it looks like the same band is all on board. I just have to sell enough albums to go back into the studio.
0: Rock on. And speaking of albums, that's something I, I wanted to, to plug. It's been a while, dgregorio.bandcamp.com, right? To go um, buy the album, you can buy there. And if you use the code radioactive, you can save ten percent. And uh, when you get the digital version of the album through Bandcamp, there is actually bonus material, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, but so I had a question about like the new album because as I'm listening to this album, and. And like, like I know, it's almost like we're putting the cart before the horse, but I'm just I'm curious to see where your mind is going, because this is this is a very lush arranged album, right? It's It is very symphonic. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of parts coming in and out. And I was curious if chapter two is going to include like any additional instrumentation, like possibly a cellist or like a harpsichord player, like just curious where you're going so the the cure the,
2: the interesting thing that is that you mentioned harpsichord harpsichord is one of my favorite instruments of all time because I love violins, a harpsichord really? it's it's like a guitar but with keyboards um i love a harpsichord um there's actually a harpsichord intro on song number 8 on this one vice and valor there's actually a harpsichord intro on that
1: rock
0: on
2: um, But as far as the other instrumentation, the the next half of the album, and and I can say this since it's already written, is actually, actually takes a little proggier turn. This album was the straight up in your face, balls to the wall rocker. This is just like, I am going to bang on this gosh darn guitar as hard and as loud as I can. And then... Um, the next one actually takes a little bit of a progier turn. There are a couple of songs on there. Um, <clears throat> um, there are a couple of songs on there that, that hit the nine, you know, the, the seven, eight, nine minute mark. So uh, the next album is actually a little bit, takes a little bit darker turn because there are some uh, darker moments that I that I kind of dealt with. And, and as you know, oh, this album, was a, a lot about me dealing with my own demons uh, mm. through through the the facade if you will of a haunted house um, <clears throat> and there there are uh, there are some darker things that pop up in, in the next half um so it's gonna be really interesting and it's going to be even more interesting to <laughs> um, <laughs> see if I can actually play my guitar parts
0: ah. Uh, yeah, you had some intricate stuff on this. Like I remember listening to to like the early yeah, yeah. early tracks and mixes, and I'm like, geez, there's a lot yes. happening. There, there there
2: was a lot happening, and there was a lot. There's a lot happening, and and th- there are a couple of places in the album where people are like, you know, I don't get the point of that guitar solo. Well, it's not a guitar solo it's a guitar part designed to add chaos because when I was writing this, my brain was totally, my brain was in total chaos mode. Um, I had, as you, as you are aware, because we, we talk a lot, my, um, you know, I sat down in January of what, uh, 16 and I said to myself, I'm going to write a song a week. I'm tired of the day job grind. I'm tired of not being able to spend any time with my guitar. I'm tired of not being able to do anything creative. Um, it's, it's literally I'm, I'm at a soul-sucking day job and I one, at least one song a week, I just sat down and I crunched it out and I banged it out. And uh, at the end of that year there was some very there were some very interesting things going through. my, my art was very cathartic. At that yeah. point, I, it still is, but it there were a lot of things that went through my brain that had never crossed before that I had never dealt with before.
0: Yeah, some heavy, heavy stuff. And, and it's funny because I remember because you started this shortly after I moved down here because I can remember yes. the two of us, like when you were visiting one of your aunts, I think somewhere down in Georgia, mm-hmm. the two of us sitting on, on the couch in the living room, you know, cracking a bottle of wine and going through some of these songs and just be like, Oh yeah. Okay. This is, this is some, uh, some heavy duty stuff. And I mean, you, you've always been a very intricate player, Mm -hmm. you know, and and actually adding chaos. Like when I think about the early stuff that we used to do, you know, I mean, heck back when we were still sequencing stuff on the Apple IIe, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like there was always that chaos going on and you've always had a little bit of that. Like, the the and I I hate that the only term is like modern for these composers because I mean, modern is always what's happening right now in my mind. Right. Like like I feel like that was just poor choice of of naming. But, right. But, but 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 like but yeah. Sorry, I'm studying. But I I'm like meaning like like a John Cage, a John Williams. Like um, heck, even um, what was the piece? as Hiroshima. Like somebody wrote the right. Hiroshima mm-hmm. piece where where you had that chaotic. So it was supposed to, you know. Audibly sound like what people were going through when the bomb was dropped, you know,
2: right? And I, I, I think so. First of all, so first of all, I, I'm going to, um, I, I'm going to backtrack a minute to to, uh, to to something you said, and I don't think I'm a. <laughs> I don't think my guitar lines in particular are complicated. It's how they weave in and out of each other. It's it's how, you know, I I write if you break the songs down one at a time. Or if you break the parts down one at a time, they're very, very simple. Uh, they're they're actually not that complex. But when you start adding them and layering them, and and they weave in and out, and there's one, uh, there's one part in I want to say we search where I kind of create a minor major 11th arpeggio, but I base it on the root notes of a diminished chord. And I know I'm getting all like musically geeky on everybody. (laughs) But It's, it's that kind of thing where the the line itself isn't complex, but when it meshes with the rest of the music, it kind of, it, 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 a, first of all, my brain is extremely chaotic. My brain, I went for an EEG the one time, uh, because one of a friend of a friend was trying to see how creative brains worked. And apparently this guy that was doing the EEG was very, very surprised at just how blatantly active my brain was it just did not stop. So no,
0: that's there's, true. It, th-
2: there's just always chaos in my brain. And when I pick up my guitar, that chaotic brain translates to the music. And whereas each individual line might be simple, you know, I, they just keep layering and layering and layering until it's a, a cacophony of, of chaos.
0: Yeah, it's intricate, very intricate. All right, so tell us about something, the next song here. Hmm. Something behind me.
2: Um. You know, something behind me is the quintessence. Okay. I I, I joke that this album is heavy metal Scooby Doo. Um. Something behind me is Shaggy and Scooby walking down the hallway,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and the eyes in the picture following along. Um. It it literally when I wrote this album, when I went to write the lyrics for this album. I actually took all of the points of a schlock horror movie. And I just just did plot point. This, this happened, you know, uh, dead relative shows up in the middle of the day, blah, blah, blah. And I just did all of these, uh, you know, if you take a schlock horror movie, a schlock haunted house movie, I took all of the basic plot points and I wrote a song around each of those plot points. So uh, you know, I kind of think of something behind me as Scooby Doo and Shaggy walking down the hall, and the eyes in the picture just kind of following along. But every time they turn around, you know the eyes close and they don't see anything.
0: All right. Well, without so it's further like having metal
2: with a sense of humor, because because what is it if it doesn't have a sense of humor?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely humor going through all this here. So without further ado, then something behind me Vice and Valor. So, Sue, so on this one, um, what was going on there in the bridge, like the keyboards? It, it really gave me a Strawberry Fields kind of vibe, like a like a Mellotron. Well, well. so, so yes, he did use a Mellotron on this. Um, oh, if, awesome. I if, thought it was going if
2: crazy. Would, if you want to know what was going on in Bob's head, I'm afraid you're going to have to ask Bob because okay. I'm afraid of what, I mean, I'm afraid of what's going on in my own head. So I generally am very afraid of what's going on in other people's heads. Um, (laughs) But, no, Bob did a a Mellotron, and he, at one point, um, it's, uh, at one point, he was sending me a thing going, oh, I use this here, and I use that there, and I use this here, and I use that there. And me being a guitarist, I was like, oh, pretty keyboard sounds. (laughs) And and Um, and then he stopped telling me what he was using where, but uh, yes, I do believe he used the Melotron there. And he has Bob has an amazing, amazing setup. When we did the Darkest Night, the Darkest Night video, he brought his uh, paired down setup to the video shoot, and I was like, "Wait, this is paired 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 down." That's cool. Wow. So Bob has all of the keyboard things. Bob plays all of the keyboard things. It's amazing. Um and again Jeremy Papai on drums, Nico Ricci. Um Nico Ricci on bass for everything except Mystery and Mayhem, not myself and Dark as Night. I actually played the bass on those three. Uh, but Nico Ricci played bass on everything else. Melissa Yemenez on uh, vocals.
0: Rock on, man. Rock on. All right, so let's talk about the bonus tracks, right? Because we, we've got one one track left, and then we'll be out of here. But before we get to that, let's talk about the other things that are available like on Bandcamp, because I, I thought this was kind of neat. Um, only available a- on Bandcamp, actually. Yeah, because there's a different version of... Dark as Night, right? Is that it or no? I got there out.
2: is. There is a different version of Dark as Night. Um, and uh, in keeping with the haunted uh, album concept, uh, my album was cursed for for the first, <laughs> I don't know, two and a half years of its incarnation. Three oh,
0: yeah, that was a rough go, man. I, um, I was there with you every step of the way and just, oof. That was a rough and, go
2: and it was it was uh we'll 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 call it a learning experience an extended learning experience um and what we uh there were many many singers um there were the first singer was actually amanda and Amanda and I are still friends. We still, uh, well, hopefully we'll be hanging out, you know, COVID and all that, but hopefully we will be hanging out again. And, uh, Amanda called me the one day and said, I really like you. You're my friend, but mm, this isn't my kind of music. I'm a jazz singer and a pop singer. So let's go get coffee. And we did because coffee, you know, I was like, (laughs) Oh, I'm sad, but coffee. So we went and got coffee. Uh, then there was a long line of four or five or six other singers. And, uh, until I found, uh, Melissa and Melissa has been, um, maze balls. Um, I found her, I found her on Fiverr. Um, so my singer came to me from Fiverr and she is actually in Argentina so no it was it was great and of course you all know how much of a thario fan i am so oh, the whole argentina thing i was like okay finnish chick living in argentina and now my singer's from argentina i'm a happy girl right now i'm happy, <laughs> I'm, happy. I'm happy so oh, uh, so um you know it was one of those uh th- there were a long line of singers um I really, I it's would like really Spiny like that for singers, <laughs> it is well, our first singer, spontaneously combusted. Boom. Um, oh, but I, I really, there's one singer in there that I feel did not get a fair shake. And that was Kat Lewandowski who actually ended up, uh, who was the one that we were doing the, the scratch tracks with for not myself when we caught that EVP. And, um, so I would actually like to work with, um, work with Kat again and see if we can, we can come together on, on something, because I think Kat really went above and beyond and I, and I really felt badly, um, at the time, you know, there were some circumstances going on. She just couldn't climb over the music but i really think with with a little time and effort i think she would be a a great asset to any one of my projects uh that are going on um but yes the the original darkest night singer was with it or the original darkest night version was with a different singer and that singer um (sighs) through no fault of the singer's own through no fault of the singer at all um the, there were some mess ups. We had to switch studios. I had to switch studios. And when I switched studios, um the, there were some there there were some glitches with getting the, the tracks bounced over from one studio to the other. And it ended up that we only had one usable track left from oh, the original wow. singer. So we ended up having I ended up making the decision that I'm just gonna re-record everything. And just going to re record everything. And uh, we're going to use uh, Melissa, who at that point had done Not Myself and had done all five of the new songs. So it just made more sense to bring her back in to recut the first three songs and have that continuity throughout the album.
0: Oh, yeah. That totally makes sense. So, what led to doing an instrumental version of Mystery and Mayhem? Cause again, that being one of my favorite tracks on the album, I was pretty stoked about that.
2: So we were working on what, well, when I was working with the previous studio, um, we were working with the, uh, with the end and, uh, with the goal goal of actually having to do some sync licensing. So, you know, looking to get some TV stuff, some, some video game stuff, whatever kind of fits in with my album, um, video games, TV, Netflix, whatever, you know? So we were looking at doing that. So in order to do that, I would need vocal less versions of each of the songs. And the instrumental version of "Mystery and Mayhem" was actually the first one that came through. Uh, I, I actually didn't get the vocal version from the previous studio I'd gotten, but I did get the instrumental version. So that was out of a desire to expand my horizons and conquer the world more uh, efficiently.
0: I I love it, absolutely love it, and. If you're going for instrumental versions, I can't wait to hear an instrumental advice and in valor. Because I, again, like I just, I dig all the sounds on that. Like the arrangement, just so cool.
2: Uh, well, between you, me and the lamppost, I already have that. Okay, well, share with me later offline.
0: <clears throat> Everybody forget you heard this.
2: <laughs> this is all top secret
0: stuff. You're all I'm not really allowed to hear this right now. Yeah, yeah don't listen. But uh, anyway, so since tomorrow is Halloween, right? um yes. let's talk horror movies here it's like what's your favorite horror film oh my favorite horror
2: movie 1950s version of the thing from another world that was the f- one of the first first movies that i got to watch so my mom was pretty strict you know back in the day um in the late cretaceous period you know ah. televisions were fairly new at that point um and my mom was fairly strict about what I was allowed to watch. But Thing from Another World was one of those movies that I was allowed to watch. I was allowed to watch all of like the, the 30s and 40s and 50s horror movies. So I have an affinity for kind of that gothic period. But my favorite one, because I do really have a thing for monsters from outer space, um, was The Thing from Another World.
0: I do not think I've ever seen that one. I need to check that one out. So John
2: Carpenter's The Thing is actually a more accurate, a more faithful rendition of the book that it's based on. Gotcha, okay. But The Thing From Another World, I think was a much better horror movie. And and, and I like the 30s, 40s, 50s movies because they're not as gorgeous. Like they didn't have the special effects. So they had to rely on actual scare, actual horror. Yeah. Actual suspense and not on gore and shock. Yeah. That I think is what I like about them. So I always have an affinity for, you know, 30s, 40s. I have an affinity for the original Wolfman. I have an affinity for the original Frankenstein and for the original mummy and Creature from the uh, Black Lagoon. Not the Blank Lagoon, the Black Lagoon. Ah. Um, You know, I have an affinity for the you know the, those those classic the the original nostradamus or not i'm not, not nosferatu i'm sorry not nostradamus <laughs> close enough uh, i right? mean close Your enough they me must, know what you mean. <laughs> yeah nosferatu the original black and white silent nosferatu was an amazing film amazing
0: yeah, i you know it's funny like i just sat down to watch those um those movies you're talking about like the wolfman frankenstein all that sort of stuff this halloween season because i was realizing like man i i can't remember if i've ever seen the original wolfman um i watched the creature from the black lagoon as often it was as it was on tv because i i love 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 that movie and i don't know if you remember um when we were kids in the area like they one of the tv channels i can't remember if it was for halloween or what it was but they were playing a bunch of those old horror movies and every week there was a different one and you had to go to like a seven 11 and get your 3d glasses mm-hmm. or something like that. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I do. Like, man, I remember all of us sitting around my grandparents TV in the living room. My uncle was there. My grandmother made popcorn and we've all got our glasses on. We're watching that. You know, the creature from the black River. It was So cool. Okay. So the first
2: horror movie I ever saw
0: yeah. was, a, uh, was a movie called from
2: hell it came um and this was about a walking tree monster in the amazon jungle or something i don't know it was a walking tree monster so we were at in philly um uh, this was before we moved out to pittsburgh so we're in philly where uh at my aunt mary's house in i think she lived in valley forge at the time or royersford either valley forge or royersford's actually really close to valley forge And Aunt Mary was always that crazy single aunt that had all the cool things. Um, You know, she was the first one that had the convertible and and all that stuff. So she had this big console TV that took up like half the living room. And she goes to start watching this uh, From Hell It Came, which is about the walking tree monster. And my mom's like, no i don't want the little one watching this she's only three years old or four years old or however (laughs) three or four years old so my aunt mary runs upstairs to go watch the movie and who's like right behind her jump right into right into bed alongside with her going i'm gonna watch the walking tree monster this is great this explains understand. a lot. Right? <laughs> this it's, really explains a lot. I still don't understand why walking tree monsters are afraid of quicksand. I didn't catch that part. But,
0: you know, who knows? Yeah, plot holes don't, don't, don't matter when it's that old. But, man, like, I am so with you on those older movies, like from the 30s, 40s, 50s. It, it was, they were really still making a film. You know what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't a horror film. It was a film with suspense.
3: Right.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like, man, I just ah, oh, I I really, really am loving them. I'm going back. Um, I actually bought Monster Squad today from 1987. hmm Like, I I've never seen that, and like, I remember hearing about it. I've never watched it, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go get it. I had a couple Amazon credits. I ended up getting it for like a buck. Um, so I started watching that. I'm like, this is fun. Like, I just mm-hmm. man, I just enjoy like a good fun horror movie. I love the classic monsters. You know.
2: I love the classic monsters, The Wolfman was always my favorite. I don't know why I've always had a special affinity for werewolves.
0: Me too. I love oh, the blob. Little that little was little a good one. one. I love the blob. Oh, and I was okay. so
2: upset when I thought the blob ate the puppy and then the puppy was alive at the end.
0: I was like, yes, screw you blob. The puppy lived. It was great. So, let me tell you about the blob, right? and i wish I wish my mom was calling in for this one because she'd tell you the story. Um, I, I I think it was actually son of blob, but it, of I watched blob. it on you know, on broadcast TV in the in the middle of the day. and I was somewhere between eight and ten, right? Like like mm-hmm. i I can kind of kind of remember the period a little bit. but um, I was so stinking terrified. Of that, of that movie. Like, I slept with the light on for at least two to three days, possibly a week. You and, never went uh, into a walk-in freezer after that, did you? Oh, my mom will tell you that I didn't eat Jell-O for years. Like, like I didn't even want to look at Jell-O. Like, I was freaked out. Like, so freaked out. It, it's, it's one of those few movies that just, like, just scarred me, you know?
2: You, you don't put gel- is 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 this a bad time for me to tell you I put gelatin in my tea?
0: Yeah, bad time. Definitely don't bad tell me. Time. That. Yeah, don't tell me that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We're good. Okay. I was just telling. All right. Um, so we've got one song left here, right? The last song is We Search. So how about you tell search. us about that song and then we'll we'll call it a night. And again I want to thank you uh, for being here and letting us debut your album soon. This is thank you. This
2: was, this was so much fun. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this. This was, uh, this was great. Thank you everybody for joining in on the chat. Uh, I know uh, Todd's still with us. Emily's still with us. Melsina's still with us. Jackie's uh, actually sitting right next to me, making fun of me as we talk. Uh, oh my God rock on you know cat <laughs> corelli is still with us um hopefully there are some so i think i think bill uh, damiano is, is still in the house which by the way shout out to bill bill does build the scene bill does uh rock sh- uh pa rock show he has a couple really really great great podcasts so uh check out bill damiano on uh, on facebook and and um uh, Bill's telling me to plug the website. What website do you want me to plug, Bill? Help me oh, out,
0: Bill. Oh, my we'll website. Okay. dgregorio.bandcamp.com, right? Because that's where people can go to buy the album. And again, the right. code to save 10% is radioactive. So dgregorio.bandcamp.com.
2: And we will be putting the shiplap on the, uh, on the site either today or tomorrow, depending on uh, how drunk I am right now. That,
0: okay. That and that's is, fair. That's, that's good. Right. Cause I mean, heck it's your release party. You can drink if you want to. i uh, see what I did there. But, um, right. and also D music.com. Dot com. So D I G R E G O R I O music.com. Dot com. And that's where you can also go to, you know, I mean, really stay with every, stay up on everything dgregorio. but also you can get the story. Right. And I'm going to tell you, listen to the album once just you know put on a set of headphones and just kind of enjoy it but then go back and listen again reading the story
2: okay and and i want to take one more plug here oh uh, yeah build oh that rock on bill, uh that is bill damiano's website and bill does oh my god i can't i can't say enough nice things about bill oh my god bill does uh first of all he's an incredible webmaster he's done uh all of my um he's done all of my uh, oh danielle's still online dan uh my friend danny is online uh thank you danielle um but bill damiano has done so much for the scene he he does websites for for all the bands he's actually done my website he is my webmaster uh he has buildthescene.com and he runs i think three different podcasts um and then danielle actually aka inez is actually an R&B artist here in Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, Danny, that I didn't see you online earlier. Um, but uh, Inez is actually an R&B artist on Pittsburgh. I actually played on her song, uh, Love by Inez, which is available on all of the local, you know, all of the usual places, iTunes, Bandcamp, all of that Okay, place. that oh, Inez. A- okay. Yes.
0: Because that's the song where I'm like, that's you? <laughs> Yes. yes. I never Who knew you I could play r and I didn't
2: know I
0: could play r and I love that track. Rock on, Inez, man. Rock all on. Right, oh, so I love that track. So, Inez,
2: it That's looks killer. like we've got you a... Uh, <laughs> it looks like we've got you a slot here. Um, but she is actually, I believe, working on her second album. Her first Rock album, okay. Emails and Conversations, was so You should all check that out. Um, Inez is one of those wonderful people. Inez and, and uh, Emily Plazek, who's also in the in the chat tonight, uh, those wonderful people who are like half my age, know are just so much smarter than me. Know They're like so, so. billions and billions of of uh, billions of things more than me. They're just so smart, and uh, they have actually been mentoring me. Inez and Emily uh, have both been mentoring me, and uh, you know, giving me. I'm going to say nudge through the goalpost. It's more like a kick in the ass.
0: But... I was going to say, sometimes you need a kick. I've known you for, for a long time here. I, I, I know your, your secrets.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, you have. Um, so uh, both uh, Inez and uh, and Emily have been... Have been nudging me through the goalposts. They've just been there. It's actually been quite an amazing experience. I'm actually sitting here with my friends Jackie and Ray, and my friends uh, Josh and Morgan and Cody were here, and my friend Bev was here, and uh, my friends Malcina and Dave were here. Why well, we had a little, little, little tight little gathering of very close friends here at the yeah. at the house, and uh, these these guys have been have been there for me. It's been a very interesting experience as to who Love are.
3: You, <laughs> it's been a very
2: interesting experience uh, as to who my real friends are and who my real friends are not. So it's been a very interesting, interesting journey and I would not trade it for a thing. So thank you
0: all. I love you all.
2: You're
0: going to make me cry. I know. Well, rock on. <laughs> all right. So tell us about we search. So We Search is kind of,
2: it's, it's the, the transition song between the albums, right? So um, it's another one of the ones that's mostly, mostly fictional, but it's that little nugget of information that, you, that you, you've got this thing and you, you're trying to, to piece together the puzzle. You know, if you, you look at Shaggy and Scooby and Velma and, <laughs> and crew, and they're all like, Wait, it's a clue, Scooby-Doo. Ah. You know, it's one of those things. Ah. You know, and and you're trying to trace the clue, and and you're you're looking for that that last hidden thing. In the actual story, um, it is looking for the hidden passage uh, in in the house of De Gregorio, so that they can uh, continue exploring and and continue to try and solve the mystery. Um, but again, dot music.com actually has the whole story and all of the lyrics lined up because I actually wrote the story. I wrote like a short story and then took each of the lyrics directly from the story. So it was uh so it was uh, uh it was a very interesting experiment, actually.
0: That's awesome, Sue. All right, so once again, everybody, it's dgregorio.bandcamp.com, dgregoriomusic.com. Check it out. If you go to Bandcamp, use the code Radioactive Metal. You'll save ten percent. That code is going to be active through Bandcamp Friday on November sixth. So not for a very long time, but enjoy it. And um, this is the last song here. We search and we're out of here. Thank you again, everybody, for being here with us. And Sue, congratulations on this album.
1: Episodes and write a review. Listen to us live every Thursday night on PureRockRadio.net. You can also listen to us on Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, Google Play, and all other podcast aggregators. You can purchase the music featured in this episode by going to RadioactiveMetal.org and clicking on the episode link. Leave us a voicemail. We want to hear from you. Call 321-80-HEAVY or 321-804-3289. We may even play it on the show. Email us at radmetal666 at gmail.com with suggestions or for indie spotlight submissions. Follow us at facebook.com slash radmetal. Twitter.com slash RadMetal666 and Instagram.com slash RadioactiveMetal. This has been a presentation of Radioactive Metal. It's not metal unless it's Radioactive Metal.